Hello, true crime fans, and welcome to the very first episode of Sinister Women. My name is Kelly C. I'll be your host. And today we're going to do a tale of probably one of the most sinister women I can think of in modern day. This is a monster named Michelle Blair. I'm going to give a brief trigger warning and say that this episode contains graphic descriptions of child abuse, alleged sexual abuse, and the death of children. Listener discretion is advised. You've been warned. My sources for this episode are a Detroit Free Press article published March 23rd, 2017, and Evil Lives Here, Season 13, Episode 2. On March 24th, 2015, Detroit's 36th District Court bailiffs arrived at the Martin Luther King Housing Projects in Detroit, Michigan, to evict Michelle Blair for non-payment of rent. What they would find inside the small, filthy apartment would shock not only the city of Detroit, but the rest of the world as well. They were literally walking into a house of horrors. When the bailiffs began removing the belongings of the tenant, they would soon discover the bodies of 13-year-old Stoney Blair and 9-year-old Stephen Berry in a deep freezer. Let me digress briefly and say that I was born and raised in the city of Detroit. I've been here my whole life, and I will never forget this day. I remember when the story broke on the news. I couldn't move from in front of the TV. I was literally shocked. I mean, let's get into the story. Let me give you a brief background of Michelle Blair. Michelle Angela Blair was born May 10th, 1979. Not much is known about her upbringing. In various interviews, Michelle claims that she was sexually abused as a child herself. Now, don't crucify me or think that I am in any way defending this bitch. I'm not, but I do believe her. Being abused as a child can definitely cause lifelong trauma to its victims. But of course, every victim of abuse does not grow up to be an abuser like she did, but... I know a lot of people don't read into mental illness too much, Uh, It's like they think it's a crutch or an excuse that people make for their own wretched behavior. However, the way a child was raised will definitely affect the kind of adult they turn out to be. I think it's pretty safe to say that Michelle had a fucked up childhood. Whatever happened to her. Not a doubt in my mind. She was definitely abused. She, uh, She radiated anger and violence if you've ever seen videos or pictures of her and you look into her eyes they just seem completely void of human emotion she she looks like the devil seriously michelle had four children her oldest two gabby and stony blair were by one man And her youngest two, Stephen and Matthew, were by a different man. Now, I'm not exactly clear on if the two boys had the same father or not, but 
the girls had one dad and the boys had another dad or dads. Uh, according to Gabby Blair's brave, brave telling of her story on Evil Lives Here, her and Stoney's father was around in the beginning, but due to the explosive nature of her mother, he didn't stick around long. She said her mother made his life a living hell. I believe her. Now, little is known about either of the fathers of Michelle's children, but they clearly weren't active in the lives of their children. I mean, this will become apparent later in the story. After the failed relationships with the fathers of her children, Michelle began taking her anger and frustration out on her kids. From what her daughter described in the episode of Evil Lives Here, Michelle was not the warm, nurturing mother that we all as humans want and need. She described her as being cold, unaffectionate, physically abusive, verbally abusive. The the exact antithesis of what a mother should be. Just, you know, the scariest bitch imaginable. Not only were they being abused, all of her children were severely malnourished because Michelle would sell her food stamps in exchange for cash that she then used to buy drugs and alcohol. That's welfare fraud, by the way, in case you didn't know. But um, the idea of sacrificing the one way that I would have to feed my children is insane to me. Just now, keep in mind, Michelle was abusing all four of her children, not just the two that were found dead. Uh, According to her daughter's accounts, they were often beaten across the back and Michelle would avoid striking them on their arms and legs to avoid visible scars. You know, you kind of can't hide scars on arms and legs, but you can hide scars on the back pretty well. Uh, The few times that family and friends did see the children... The children were told to lie about any visible injuries. These kids were beat with belt buckles, extension cords, scalded with hot water, starved, burned with an iron, even hit with two by fours. Fucking insane, B. This is beyond abuse. This is torture. Now, Child Protective Services intervened and investigated Michelle twice for abuse in the home. And in both cases, the abuse was substantiated, but the children still remained in her care. CPS, you got some splaining to do. I know social workers are overworked and underpaid, but I'm always shocked at cases like this because there are so many people involved in the lives of children, teachers, school counselors, bus drivers, social workers, neighbors, you name it. And these kids and all kids, in fact, that suffer 
abuse at home just seemed to slip through the cracks. Gabby Blair said they never went to the doctor or the dentist. Of course, doctors would have discovered the abuse very early on by a simple physical examination. Now, this should always be a red flag for me and to insurance companies. If the children are not being brought in for well-child visits, something is definitely fishy. I can't speak for other parents, but I take my children to the doctor anytime they get the sniffles and make sure they have regular checkups, physicals, vaccinations, teeth cleanings, dot, dot, dot. The shit that parents do. But anyway, I would think that after so many years of no doctor's visits, somebody would start asking questions. But they didn't. Now, Michelle's violence towards her children reached somewhat of a, well, not somewhat, reached a fever pitch in August 2012. (sighs) Michelle saw her youngest son, Matthew, playing with his action figures and he had them positioned in a sexually suggestive way if you will so she asked the boy where did you learn that from did somebody do that to you did steven do that to you now she's screaming and threatening to beat him if he doesn't answer her basically coercing him to say yes steven did that to him now keep in mind steven was nine years old i'm not sure how old this boy was at the time but he couldn't have been any older than like five or six years old but at that age you you can't threaten a child if you think that someone's been sexually abusing them i mean you he she scared him to the point where he said yes to whatever it was that she was asking because that's what she wanted him to say i mean this was not the way to handle that Even if she had suspicions, she shouldn't force them to say that his brother had assaulted him. And according to the oldest daughter, Gabby, there was no indication that Stephen had done anything to this boy. But Michelle was not trying to hear that. She dragged Stephen into his room where she began beating and torturing him for two fucking days weeks literally beating and torturing this nine-year-old boy every day for two weeks she made this boy drink windex poured scalding hot water on him and gave him daily beatings she also reportedly suffocated him with a plastic bag until he passed out She repeated this action over and over again. Suffocate him until he passes out. He comes to suffocate him again until he passes out again and so on. I can't even imagine the state this little boy was in at this point. After the two weeks of torture on August 30th, 2012, Nine-year-old Stephen Berry succumbed to his injuries and passed away. Now, what happens next is truly sickening. Michelle wrapped her son in a blanket and forced her oldest daughter, Gabby, to help her 
carry him downstairs where she placed his body in a deep freezer. This wicked bitch, right? Following the murder of her son, this is about the point where her paranoia begins to take over. So she resorts to coaching her three remaining kids on what to say if anybody at school should ask about Stephen's whereabouts. Eventually, her paranoia got the better of her and Michelle removed her kids from school altogether. She was then homeschooling them. Now, I know a lot of parents choose to homeschool their children and I get it, I understand. Don't come for me. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with homeschooling your kids. But at the very least, Child Protective Services, the school system, or whoever the fuck signs off on a parent keeping their kids at home instead of sending them to school should at the very least be required to do a home visit. I mean, make sure everything's on the up and up, that the children are in a safe environment, that they're being fed properly. Make sure they're not being abused. Shit, make sure they're alive. One of these kids was dead. I can't stress this enough. These kids slipped through everyone's grasps. Over the next nine months, the three remaining children lived in just utter terror in their own home deathly afraid of this woman who is supposed to love and protect them all while their nine-year-old brother lay dead in a freezer a freezer that they had to see every day okay now nine months after killing steven michelle flew into yet another fit of rage very similar situation She sees the same youngest son, Matthew, playing with his action figures, again in this sexually explicit looking manner. This time the rage was inflicted on her second oldest daughter, Stoney. Now, she once again screamed at Matthew, who did this to you? Where did you learn that? Except this time, it's did Stoney do this to you? And once again, this frightened little boy was forced to say yes because that's what Michelle wanted to hear, you know? So she then proceeds to beat and starve Stoney for days. According to the oldest daughter, Gabby, Stoney had become just skin and bones at this particular point. And she was covered with welts, burns, and bruises. Now, much to Michelle's dismay, An inspection was required because she lived in a fucking projects. You know, this is government housing. Now, at this time, Stephen is dead. Matthew is still the youngest of everyone, a very little boy. And Stoney had been beat within an inch of her life. So the only physically capable child she still had left was Gabby, the oldest. So she begins making Gabby clean the entire apartment from top to bottom in preparation for this inspection. Okay, so inspection day comes. Michelle made Stoney hide under a bed until the inspection was over. And all I could think is, if only the housing authority inspector that came out could have caught a glimpse of that poor girl. 
or opened the freezer for whatever reason, this wouldn't have gone any further. But believe it or not, this story actually gets worse. After the inspection, Michelle's torture of Stoney continued. But the abuse came to a head on May 25th, 2013. Michelle hit Stoney in the head with a two by four and watched and cheered as blood came gushing out of her daughter's head. She then strangled her with a shirt and once again forced her oldest daughter, Gabby, to help her carry Stoney to the freezer where she placed her on top of her brother, Stephen. I've known about this story for a long time. and all these years, I thought Stoney was dead when she was placed in the freezer. But it turns out, according to Gabby, Stoney was still alive. Struggling to breathe and still clinging to life, but she was still alive. And Michelle closed the door to the freezer and left her there to die. And then there were two. Over the next two years, Gabby and her youngest brother were paralyzed with fear. I I can't even begin to imagine what that must have felt like. Two siblings dead in the freezer, murdered by their abusive basket case of a mother. Gabby stated in the episode of Evil Lives Here that she was afraid that she was next. She said her mother started threatening her and saying, you want to go in the freezer too? How sick is that? Okay. After two years, help would arrive for the two remaining children in the form of an eviction letter. Turns out Michelle was months behind on her rent. Uh, From what I understand, she didn't work, just did odd jobs here and there, but not enough to sustain a household. Now, this put her into a full-blown panic. When eviction day came, Michelle packed up her two kids and went to a neighbor's house. She explains to the neighbor that Stoney and Steven are dead and that they're, she's hiding their bodies in the freezer. Now, I'm not sure if she told the neighbor that she killed them, but she did tell her that they were dead and that they were in the freezer. But at this point, she knows the jig is up. Once those bailiffs get into that apartment, baby, sugar was about to turn into shit. In the words of one of my favorite podcasters, Woody Overton. By the way, check him out on Real Life, Real Crime. Baby, that voice of his, that deep Southern drawl. He could read the phone book and keep my attention. Anyway. Sugar had, in fact, turned to shit, and Michelle was arrested that day. The one good thing about this chilling tale so far is that the two remaining children were finally free 
of their wicked ass mother. Michelle was booked into the Wayne County Jail and charged with two counts of felony murder and I believe some child abuse charges. She didn't deny her crimes, but she tried to justify them under the pretense that the two kids she killed were sexually assaulting her youngest son. Now, up until 2023, the public only had her side of the story about the alleged sexual abuse that was going on in her home. She claimed that her son, Stephen, was raping her youngest son, urinating on him while he slept, ejaculating on him, and forcing him to drink Windex. Now, this was her justification for what she did to Stephen. First of all, I find it difficult to believe that a nine-year-old did all this up under the nose of his crazy, abusive-ass mother. Those kids were probably too scared of her to do anything to each other, if you pick up what I'm putting down. Then she claimed that Stoney was uh, sitting on the youngest boy's face and forcing him to perform oral sex on her, squeezing her bloody maxi pads into his mouth. This also sounds very far-fetched to me. I mean, it sounds like some shit she just made she just made up off the top of her head, and I don't believe a word of it. I'm sorry. Let Michelle tell it. Stephen and Stony were demons. She actually used that word, demons. Now, I've heard a few different podcasts tell this story, but I haven't heard any that came out before the recent episode of Evil Lives Here. Her oldest daughter, Gabby, said she never witnessed any sexual abuse and that her mother basically coerced her youngest son into saying that the other two kids were abusing him with the threat of beating him. I personally do not believe that there was any sexual abuse going on in that house. I think Michelle was so traumatized by whatever the fuck happened to her as a child that she took the boy playing with his action figures as facts and acted before thinking. There was no proof. Just words that she put into her youngest son's mouth. Let me calm down. Okay. So on top of these criminal charges, there's also custody hearings in family court. I believe the children's fathers came out of nowhere seeking custody. And Michelle insisted that her remaining children go to her aunt, who was a retired child abuse investigator. The irony, right? Okay. Okay. The fathers of these children. You know what I'm thinking, right? The same thing you all are probably thinking. How the fuck did you not notice that you hadn't seen your children in over two years? Okay. Stoney was killed, was the last child killed. Before that, nine months before that, Stephen was killed. So that means, at the very least, no one has seen Stephen in almost three years. Two years and nine months. No one has seen Stoney in two 
years. How is that even possible? Okay. Now, let me chill on the fathers because that's their cross to bear. And I'm gonna leave it at that. Now, I'm not going to comment too much on Michelle's family, but I will say this, though. Now, I know everybody is not close with their family. Fortunately for me, I am. And let me tell you this. My mother makes her nosy ass way over here to see my kids at least three times a week. Now, there may be the one-off time she'll come over and my youngest will be sleeping and I'll say, oh, he's sleep already, you know. But that ain't gonna fly for no week, a month, a, damn sure not a year, and fuck damn sure not two years. Because at a certain point, even my own family is gonna wanna know, where the fuck is this kid at? That shit ain't gonna fly with my mother, my sisters, my brothers, my cousins, my friends, my neighbors. It's not gonna fly with nobody I know. Maybe that's one of the perks of coming from a nosy-ass family because my family is nosy as a motherfucker too, okay? But whatever the case, if they don't see me with my children, they're going to know something is wrong. For two years? Come on now. No. 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 And just look, to anybody listening, if you know somebody that has multiple children but you haven't seen one or more of them, in a very long time, look into that shit. Ask questions. I mean, sometimes it's okay to not mind your fucking business. Okay? Okay. Having pled guilty to two counts of felony murder, on July 17, 2015, Michelle Blair was sentenced to two life sentences without the possibility of parole, She is currently incarcerated in the Huron Valley Women's Correctional Facility in Ypsilanti, Michigan. Michigan is not and never has been a death penalty state. However, if there was ever a case worthy of the death penalty, this is it. Oh, the fun doesn't stop there with this sinister woman. Michelle Blair has racked up over 30 misconducts while incarcerated including two counts of assaulting prison employees, both of which added three to five years each on top of her two life sentences. Okay, I'm not, I've, thank God I've never been to prison, but I'm going to assume that people who have been sentenced to life are probably the worst prisoners you could imagine. I mean, they have nothing to lose, literally nothing. They're never getting out. Now, Michelle has, on multiple occasions, thrown urine and feces on the corrections officers, fighting with other inmates, the list goes on. She's just like a, not a model prisoner. Wasn't a model citizen, isn't a model prisoner. Bitch, you can't take the bitch nowhere. Can't even take her to prison. Now, according to the Detroit Free Press article that I read about her, she has to be segregated from the other inmates. Like, she's too dangerous to hang out with the rest of the killers. (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but seriously. Okay, 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, wraps up our first episode of Sinister Women. I'd like to take a moment to give my heartfelt condolences to the surviving children of Michelle Blair. I haven't heard much about her youngest son, Matthew, but I did see her oldest daughter, Gabby, on Evil Lives Here. And she's grown into a beautiful, intelligent young woman. And I wish her and her brother the very best in all of their endeavors, and I pray that time will heal all those terrible wounds. I'd also like to thank everyone who took the time to listen. This is my very first episode, and I have some kinks to work out, of course. Uh, Feedback is welcome. Please like, follow, subscribe, share, all that great stuff so I can keep the content coming. I'm your host, Kelly, Sinister Women, signing off.